Coming up on this week's episode, we're talking Chelsea, Everton, Gareth Bell, and looking at some of the transfers that have happened in January, plus all our usual features, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to a new episode of View from the Sideline podcast. It's Chris here and Liam is here as ever. Hello, Liam. Good evening, Chris. How are you doing? Hello. It's been a long time. I think it's been, what, eight, nine weeks maybe since we last? It's been a while. I mean, the World Cup's happened. The World Cup <laughs> happened. There's a it lot never, that's gone on. Yeah. We never came home. So, no, uh, unfortunately yeah. not. We didn't think it would, though. So we got our predictions right. No. We did see the quarterfinal. Yeah. I was proud of so, for that. But, um, yeah, it seems like a long, long time ago, but it wasn't actually that long ago. Um, so yeah, oh, well, congratulations to the winners. It wasn't England. I mean, Argentina, who would have thought Argentina would have won it after that first game when they lost to Saudi Arabia, right? I know. Yeah. And, and neither of us predicted it, did we? We all thought France, I think. Oh, uh, um, yeah. yeah. Even going into the game, I still fancy yeah. France, but just, just goes to show, you know, having an Aston Villa goalkeeper, just any Aston Villa player on your side, <laughs> you've always got a chance. And obviously Messi probably had one of his best tournaments, I think you could say, yeah. ever. I mean, I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's got any plans on retiring just yet. But I mean, now would probably be an ideal time to uh, hang up the international boots. Go, it'll go out on a high, wouldn't it? It's um, be a fitting end, I think. To yeah. he's had a great career. Um, whether he will or not, I don't know. I think even even if he does, he's retired already once, hasn't he? So I think even if he does announce a retirement, I'm guessing most of yes. Argentina will, will demand that he's uh, brought back as soon as possible. <laughs> don't think he'll be allowed to retire. So yeah, so yeah, like so, lots happened. Um, we have got a little bit of focus today on Chelsea, Everton, um, Gareth Bell, and we're going to look at some of. The transfers that have happened, um, so 16 days into the um, transfer window. 16 days in, 16 transfers for Chelsea. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> One a day. It's like an yeah. advent calendar in January. It is, isn't it? Top Bowley. Yeah. He opens a new window each day, and behind that window is an amount and a player. And Your social media team must done. not be able to sleep. It's yeah, constant. Must, um, yeah, we'll, we'll go through a bit of that um, in a bit. Um, we'll, we will start off with Chelsea. I think we'll we'll divert sort of the new players to um, later when we talk about some of the transfers that have come in. Um, albeit, I think that the 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 focus of the transfers that they have brought in seem to be with the future in mind. Yeah, um, from what I can what I can grasp. Although there's been no yeah, you know, there's been no say from the owners of why they're signing all these young players, I think we can just assume that it's a future project. It's a longer project. Um, which I mean, the present, the present hasn't been great for you, has it? So the, the oh, present's no, not doing no. well, so you've got to be, a plan for something. To be quite glad, I'm glad that we haven't done a podcast for, for nine weeks, <laughs> uh, because it would be quite depressing um, talking about this. So um, we're going to talk about what's happened sort of, obviously since after the World and even before the World Cup with Chelsea, obviously... I think, you know, the main the main issue that Chelsea have at the moment, when I pinpoint it, I'm pinpointing it down to goals. I mean, and they're just not scoring enough goals. And you know, they bought in a Bamiang at the start of the season, it's you know, that that clearly hasn't worked. I mean, Chelsea have a history of signing strikers and it's just not working out. Um obviously Lukaku before that that's probably the previous striker that we had in mind um, to score lots of goals, and it just hasn't happened. Aubameyang has scored a few here and there, but he's not, you know, he's not done. I don't think what 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 Chelsea would have wanted. Um, but yeah, a lot of talk about the manager. I mean, I think I think he's going to need time. I think you know he's never sort of managed at this level. Um, he's probably got a hundred different personalities in players, you know, and he's got an ever-growing squad. Now, I don't know how much 
he has to say on transfers or whether he thinks that the players that have been bought in should have been bought in. Um, but obviously, I think what we need to realise is, you know, we have a squad, 11 or so players of that are injured. Bringing in lots of players probably isn't the right thing at the moment because when you've got players coming back from injury, you're going to have 30, 35 players um, to make up a 26, 27-man squad. So, you know, I think people are going to have to leave, but fundamentally the football on the pitch is not being great. I mean, there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of confidence um, when they're playing. I mean, they won, finally won on Sunday, but even that, I wouldn't say, was a performance worthy of a win. I mean, Crystal Palace had quite a few chances to, to actually take the lead before Chelsea had scored. So, um, But a clean sheet is good to see. Um, but yeah, I don't know what you think on it. I think the go- I think the goals thing is just a huge, huge thing because when you look at the goals that we've scored, you know, it's teams below us that have scored more. Um, yeah. And we we haven't conceded that many goals. When you look around sort of the top ten, I think we're about fourth or fifth on the list of of goals conceded. So it's not so much that. I think it's it's just the fact they're just not scoring enough. And you know, I think Potter's had a lot of stick. And I, I don't really necessarily see why. I think, like I touched on just a minute ago, I think there's a bigger plan. I think there's obviously a future plan, and I think mm. that the owners see him in it. Um, because I think if I think many a team, many a big club by now, pro- he probably would have gone. Yeah. I don't know what you think? I, I think I think his time would have been up, but I think that there. Sticking with him, they obviously believe in what he can do, and I think you know. I know people say injuries are just an excuse, but when you look at the amount of injuries we've got and how many of those injury injured players are actual first team regulars, mm. I'm thinking Reese James, Ben Chilwell. We're, we're a completely different side when we've got those two playing in our team. Yeah, much better balance. I yeah. Think. And obviously give you a lot defensively, but going exactly. forward as well. So I think, you know, you read things online saying, oh, injuries shouldn't, you know, it's got nothing to do with injuries. But I think a part of it does. I think, you know, when, you, when you're when you missing key players, like, like we've hardly had Kante all year. Yeah. And it's a big a loss. It's hu- a huge loss. You know, he's one of the best central, you know, central defensive midfielders in the world. Yeah. And, you know, he's not there. I mean, we bought, Fafana for seventy five million from Leicester. He's a really, really good defender. And when he played at the start of the season, we were a lot better in defence. Yeah. He's missing, you know, and you got you got forward players that are missing like I know Sterling's only just become injured, but that's gonna be a big loss to us yeah. as well because he although he wasn't scoring, he was actually providing the goals that we were scoring. So you know, there's there seems to be a lot of a lot of little issues, I would say, that have just accumulated into a bigger issue onto the pitch. Yeah, I think there, I think there is. He's this is his first transfer window, his first full transfer window to 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 bring in players. I do look at the list of people that you bought in, and I do think maybe uh, maybe it is a bit too soon to say they're his transfers. I, I certainly think that maybe that Fafana from Mould is. He he likes to take people from. Uh, smaller European leagues, yeah. give them a chance, you know, young talent from those kind of divisions. I mean, he did it for Brighton, didn't he? So successfully with a number of players. Um, I don't know whether Mudrick or, or Badi Ashile will be, but they're both young. I mean, they fit the brief, don't they? You know, sort of 21 to 24. Yeah. Or, or even younger in the case of Santos. I think he's 18 or, or 19. But yeah, it's... It's it's planning for the future. What what I do think I, you're right about injuries. It's a big loss with um, with Kante and, and obviously Fafana was the defence was going to be built around him. And you take those two players out of it, that's sort of part of the spine of your team. Really, you, you're then looking at Reece James, who I think has been Chelsea's best player probably for 18 months now, uh, and Chilwell to give that balance on the left hand side, which I think has been a real problem certainly for the last couple of months. Yeah. Well, I, 
I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's going through Kukurea's head, but he's obviously <laughs> left Brighton for a lot of money, and thought he's got to move away from Brighton into a big club like Chelsea. And then he sees his ex-manager turn up. So I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe they didn't end on a on a good term or something. But he's, 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 he's useless. Not, can, I, can I just? Say yeah, he's it? not played well. Of all of he's all the signings, well. of all the signings they've got on this summer, he is by far the worst. And I'm yeah. talking, he's worse than Koulibaly, and he's not yeah. much better, but. Cucurella, he gives the ball away so yeah. much, and he's not—he's not built. He just doesn't—he no. just doesn't look like he's a defender at all. He just—he just doesn't Def- look defend- the build of it. Defensively, every, every game I've seen him, positionally, he's so far out of line with the rest of yeah. the back four or five, whoever's playing. And yeah, his height doesn't help. I know he can't help that, but any time there's a ball sort of hung up towards the far post, I don't have faith that he's going to win that ball in the air, yeah. and I think it's. Co- you a few times so getting Chilwell back will be really important obviously I think the the other thing that you've been suffering a, a little bit with you mentioned Aubameyang uh, obviously Havertz has kind of been playing ahead of him recently um, I don't think he's settled on who the best player up front is and I don't think he's settled on who the best goalkeeper is because obviously Kepa came in and had a good run of form had a world-class game against Villa just before the World Cup. <laughs> uh, and he sort of had a little little bit of a string of games. Now Mendy's come back in. As far as I, I'm aware, neither of them have been injured. He's just he kind isn't. of... Mendy is injured. Oh, Mendy is injured. Okay, yeah, so he was... He, he, it's only very recently he had to have operation on his finger. Broke right. It. Okay, that's just me not being informed then. But yeah, yeah swapping your keepers around isn't going to do you any favours either defensively, although Kepa did, like I say, play very well against it's us, which is a bit of a shame. Like, Kepa is just... I mean, yes, yes, even yesterday, he had a re- he did have a really good game. He made some really important saves yesterday, but then you look at the goals that we conceded against Man City, and you're kind of thinking... And they get Fulham, you're kind of thinking he could have done better, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that I don't think helps. I mean, if I'm a Bamiyang and I'm really the only recognised striker or senior striker, um, I know you've got Broya, but he's been out injured as well. Um, if I'm if I'm being replaced by a midfielder up front, I'm probably not going to be too happy about that. Um so when Havertz starts, which I think the last few times I've seen you guys play, Havertz has been up front. Um, yeah, he, he doesn't strike me as a natural goal scorer. He will get some Definitely goals, <laughs> but he's not. not a natural finisher, is he? You know, he's yeah. a kind of he's like a like a Balak type player. You know, late in the box, and he'll, and he'll and he'll sniff out ten goals a season, and he'll play well. He'll get assists. He'll be in there as a supported role. But he needs a striker ahead of him. And I don't think you've had that for a while. I don't know what it is with you guys and strikers. I don't know whether people come into the club and the second that drug, second that Drogba is mentioned, they just fade away and wither. Yeah. And and you you really haven't had an out and out striker of top quality since Drogba. I don't think. I mean, Diego Costa is probably Costa. the closest you had, but even then, with his temper and <laughs> a few other things, it's just. It, it still wasn't quite the same, so I think you'll still be looking for that. Unfortunately, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the thing with Costa was every time that he was near someone that had the ball, it was one of those where you just couldn't predict what what would what was going to happen. Yeah, it's heart in your mouth every time he was near someone, and you just thought, oh god, just just calm down. Yeah, so I I think there's work to do. I mean the. The money's obviously there because you've spent quite a lot of it. I'm surprised you've not bought in a striker, like an out-and-out striker. I know Zhao Felix can play, you know, towards that end of the pitch. And Mudrick is obviously a wide midfielder but can cut inside. He's not really scored that many goals yet, but I, I imagine it will come with age. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's... A, it's going to be an important transfer window for you, but like you say, you don't want to buy players when you know you've got some coming back from injury because you're just going to end up with an unhappy squad, yeah. an unhappy and very bloated squad. So perhaps that's why they're bringing in young players because they think when the injuries are over, we can maybe loan them out for a year or two uh, and then who knows where we're going to be in sort of two or three years' time. But yeah. 
Which you, which Chelsea like doing, you know. You always loan out forty players a season, it seems. So it could, cap it now, could be it? that. I think is it cap, isn't it? Yeah, and how many you can actually send out on uh, long term loans? So. That's going to be a disaster for your academy. You're actually going to win something in the under twenty ones. They're going to be full. full <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think I think I think time will tell. Um, I think week by week, I think it's looking less and less likely. Uh, but having said that, um, having, having said all that, this time last year, um, we were sat here talking about Arsenal being in a very similar situation. Yeah. And look at what they've achieved in sticking with their manager. And yeah. There's always exceptions to the rule, I understand that. But, you know, Arteta's done such a good job now, I think we all got it a bit wrong. Um so He's laughing now. <laughs> there, there may well be a plan in twelve months' time. You might be in this position. You know, you, you yeah. just you, you just don't know. It depends what you can get out of the players. Obviously, Arsenal have now bought into Arteta's way of playing. Maybe it'll just take a year for the Chelsea squad to do the same for Potter. See, maybe we'll just win the Champions League. Yeah, just win that instead, mate. Yeah. Dead easy. Yeah. Uh, well, well, we'll move on to. Um, just another ex-Chelsea player that we're going to move on to. Um, Frank Lampard at Everton. I mean, probably holding on his by his job by a thread at this precise moment. I, uh, I've been check. I've been checking BBC Sport every hour just today, case, just yeah. in case there's an update. Um, probably lost their biggest game of the season so far at the weekend. I would say. Yeah. Bear in mind, we were going to be talking about Everton last week, but it never it never happened. <laughs> so, um, yes, Everton fans are still um, on here on our minds. Um, I think Everton. I just, I mean, well, I thought Chelsea played bad football, but my God, <laughs> if you sat for Everton for ninety minutes, I think, I think people might change their minds. Um, I think with Frank Lampard, it's it's a difficult one. Um, where I'm obviously going to be quite biased towards him uh, because of obviously the history that he had, you know, at Chelsea. Um, but it it just doesn't seem it's working out again for him at another top club in the Premier League. Yeah, I just I don't I, th- I think there's a lot of stuff going on there off the pitch. I think that's probably not helping either. Um, I mean, to say that, you know, Chelsea have spent a lot of money over the last five seasons. I think Everton have spent, prob- they're probably within the sort of top eight teams in the Premier League that have spent the most. Yeah. And they just don't have, I don't think they've got anything to show for the money that they've spent. I just, they just seem to buy players that don't gel very well within a team and it just causes more issues than what it does actually getting them in a better position. Yeah. It just, it just seems that they've just wasted money on transfers. I saw I saw today something. I don't know if you've seen, heard this story before about Haaland, about he was scouted by Everton. No, I have didn't heard know this? that. No. About when he was playing um, over in, I think it's Norway, isn't it, where he originally came from? Yes. So he played for he, the mold, I think, didn't he? Yeah, so he was scouted by Everton and um, basically yeah um, I'm not sure who the manager at the time was said you know you should sign him and uh, apparently he um, it it just never came never happened so except on one there but it's just it's just hard I just it's it's strange because you can't just pinpoint as to what the issue uh, to me it just it looks like that they've they've just tried to buy what they thought were good players oh that yeah. was it they bought that um they bought another striker instead i can't remember who it was instead of Haaland. i can't remember who it was now sandro something was it sandro or was God, it? i can't remember. I remember who it was now i'll have to have a look that's how, that is how many that's how many players Everton have had over the years. Yeah, no um, I don't. I don't know if you saw after the game on Saturday. Saturday they played. Obviously, 
players getting their car surrounded by fans. I think yeah. he's got to that situation now where he doesn't need to get that far. I mean, maybe just a peaceful protest while, while the game's going on, but I think I think the verdict is probably out on Lampard. I think he's probably got one, maybe two games to save that job there. Um, yeah. Because I, I think at, at this point in time, they're probably one of the favourites to go down. I think so. Um, and we all saw the graphic on Match of the Day where they'd, it, it said that they'd spent over the last four or five years 300 million or over. Yeah. And um, I think they said in the Match of the Day studio, I think probably only two or three of the um, sign-ins could be considered successful. And I thought that was being generous, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't think any of them have been successful. But what I will say about some of them, they they do buy good players because they have good careers before Everton and then they tend to go off and have good careers after Everton. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use the example of um, Davy Klassen, a player that I know quite well because I do follow Ajax when I can. Um Hardly really played for Everton at all. He was only there for a blink of an eye. Got criticised, but he actually only played seven games. Well, if if you're criticising a new signing after only playing seven games, that they're probably not going to turn it around, are they? So there's something inherently at the club that is not working because they've sold him since, and he's gone on to Bremen, and he's gone on to Ajax, and he's he's been playing some of the best football of his career. I think he got into the Holland yeah. squad, I think, for the World Cup. And, yeah, he's he's back to scoring double figures a season. Um, so it's it's obviously not the player. Whether whether he's not suited to the Premier League, I don't know. You can say that, but then that's your scout's job, isn't it, to, to say whether they can cut it in the actual Premier League. So I know that Lampard hasn't been exempt from the criticism, obviously. I, I do appreciate that. But it seems at the minute that the the fans are directing a lot of their frustrations at the board. And I can kind of understand why. I think when they hired Lampard, there were probably people better suited to the position that they were in, near the bottom of a table, in a relegation scrap. I know that they wouldn't have wanted to have brought in like an Allardyce again or, or, you know, someone like that to just see them through the season and, and... They'll be in the same place this time next year. I know they'd want a bit of continuity. But to bring in a manager who hasn't got experience of a relegation battle, obviously he'd been in the Premier League with you guys at Chelsea and thought, considering he hadn't had a transfer window really because that was the time of the ban, I don't think he did badly. He certainly got a lot out of the younger players. You know, If it wasn't really for him giving Mason Mount a chance or Tammy Abraham a chance, people like that, um, and even Rhys James, I think, he, he was the one yeah. that really started Rhys James. So that is a really positive side of having Lampard as manager. But Everton haven't got the academy that are, that are you know, producing players of that quality. So just it didn't seem like a match that would work for me. I mean, if there is one Everton player over the last 12 months that's kind of shone a little bit, it is Anthony Gordon. It's a young player coming through, given his chance by Lampard and he, he he was taking it obviously at the weekend he had his car blocked in didn't he and surrounded by Everton fans Still he literally there. couldn't move <laughs> I mean he's what is he 21 that's got to be yeah, so, yeah. awful for a young lad like that but um, but yeah I think they are in trouble this year I would put them as one of the favourites to go down if they'd have beaten the, the problem they've got is they're not beating the teams around them. If they'd have beaten Southampton this weekend, we'd all be saying, well, it's not so bad. You know, it's so close down there. One win takes you to 14th, I think, at the minute. So it's not all over by any means. But when you're losing against the teams around you and the teams below you, that's when it's a struggle, especially from being 1-0 up. Because they were, they, they were OK. They were they were not playing brilliant football, but they were relatively in control, I think. And then, obviously, James Ward-Prowse, just before half-time, pops up with a great... Well, he's fact, he scored two great goals. Um, and it just puts the doubt in again, doesn't it? You know, you can see just before half-time, and you can see they came out for the second half, you know, devoid of any confidence. And 
yeah, just wanting the game to end. So I think they just, if they can put a run together, like I say, it's so close down there, they'll be mid-table if they could put two or three wins together. And I think it'll do any team down there the world of good. But at the minute, they're probably the least likely team I see putting a run like that together. I think Lampard's got to go. They need someone who can motivate a little bit better, I think. That's what they're missing at the moment. Well, I mean, their next few, they've got West Ham, Arsenal and Liverpool next three games. Um, So, yeah, they have got some tough games. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the West Ham one as well, you think? Yeah. Another team around them. Again, if they win that, they go above West Ham in the table. There's only two points between them, so it is possible for them to get out of it. They just need to have that belief and get that little bit of a run together. What what I will say, though, it kind of strikes me a bit like when Villa went down. There's a few teams at the moment that have been struggling at the bottom for two or three years in a row, throwing money at the problem to try and get out of it, and it's not really worked, and it didn't go well for Villa. And I think if the worst was to happen for Everton or in fact for Southampton as well and they were to go down I think there would be a restructure like we had from the top to the bottom and I think it would take them a good two or three years to get back so let's hope for their sake they don't go down because it's tricky getting out of that league I wouldn't know (laughs) no no of course you wouldn't (laughs) Uh, yeah right we'll we'll move on uh, to a player who after the World Cup um, decided um, that that was it uh, and obviously we're talking about Gareth Bell. He's taken up golf. Well, Wales's greatest ever player. I'd go along with that. I think yeah. he probably is. He probably just eclipses Giggs. I think purely because he played at major tournaments, whereas Giggs didn't get that chance. Yeah. I mean, he his before some of his performances as well to get them to those tournaments. I think were were probably up there in some of the best as well. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest question with Gareth Bell is, did we ever see full potential from Gareth Bell? And did he make a mistake leaving Tottenham? I mean, no. In, in my point of view, I don't think he. I don't think he made the mistake in leaving Tottenham. I think anyone that leaves Tottenham is uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's for the good of their career. Yeah. Um, so I mean, obviously he went to Real Madrid. Um, I forget he actually went back to Tottenham for a second. Yeah. Do you remember that? Like, v- vaguely. It was only two seasons ago, but yeah. it happened. Um, yeah. But with yeah. Real Madrid, it, it was a tricky one because obviously when, when they signed in, he was he was fresh and new, played a, he played a huge amount of games first season he was there. Then Real Madrid stopped bringing in other players and slowly and slowly and slowly just finds himself further and further and further down the pecking order. Um, I know there were fitness issues with him as well. Um, and I think I think he almost found himself rather comfortable on the bench at Real Madrid. Um, yeah. I he ended up most of his before most of his games in the last sort of three seasons at Real Madrid were from the bench. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of people will remember him for a Champions League final, uh, and they either kicked goal he scored against Liverpool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and he, he obviously moved out to America, and I thought I thought it was going rather well for him in America, and I thought he could, I, I think he could probably have played for a few more years, but I don't, I don't really think we know quite Sort of the issues, you know. He, he didn't really give a definitive answer on, on why no. he retired. It was just more of like, oh, I am retiring now, and it's kind of like, well, I think he's thirty-four, isn't he? So you know, he had. Yeah. I reckon he had an opportunity. His name was big enough, I think, to get him that last two-year. Saudi money, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, some of the oil money. I think he yeah. could have e- could have easily gone over to you know somewhere in Saudi Arabia, Qatar, anywhere like that. Had two full seasons out there on huge amount of money, yeah. but you know decided you know enough's enough. Which obviously fair play to him if he wants to you know concentrate on other things. But um, 
I honestly, I think, you know, there, there was a lot of questions about whether we saw the full potential, but I think in those years at Tottenham, in those like two seasons before he left for Real Madrid and the, the first season at Real Madrid, I think that's when we saw sort of prime Gareth Bale. And I think we saw his full potential there. I think you're right. I think um, probably where it went a little bit wrong for him was when he wanted to play up front. Yeah. And obviously Spurs, he sort of played on the left. Played everywhere. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he started out as a left back, didn't he? Yeah. So um, when you when you look at his career as a whole, I think you you've got to deem it a success really I mean I remember when he first joined Spurs from Southampton and I think the first like 20 odd games he played in they lost or something so it was only it was only up it was only up from there wasn't it really Um, so yeah he's I think he's what I would sort of determine as a big big game player I think even when he wasn't playing for Madrid even when he was coming off the bench um, or sort of starting here and there with his injury problems he turned up in the Champions League final he'll turn up in the cup finals look at the amount of times he turned up for Wales I think in, in fairness I think the World Cup he didn't have a good World Cup but it's the first time when I think Wales have played a big match where he's not turned up I think you look at all the playoffs they've had every game when they were at um, the Euros on the, on the run to the semi-final I think he was brilliant um, even the Euros before that, when they played England, he obviously had a great game against us. Um, just Spurs don't really make it to cup finals, do they? So he, he didn't really have a chance to with Spurs. <laughs> but but he, did, he, he turned up when he was needed. I think this World Cup is the first time where he's been a major tournament or a major event for the team he's representing and he's not turned up. He looked tired, though, didn't he? In the he ga- did. In the games. Cause he came off at half-time, didn't he? He did. In, in, it, yeah, he came off half time against us, I think. Yeah, in the England game, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I generally, I, I, there's been some brilliant Welsh players down the years. I think, um, obviously, Giggs is, is well known as being probably one of Wales' best players. But I think you've got to. They both played out on the wing for a little bit, but I think you've got to compare him, if anyone, to Ian Rush, because obviously he went up yeah. front and he, he hadn't played on, on the left for, for a long, long time. So you look at. You just have to look at his goal record for them. I mean, 41 goals in 111 games. Even in the year 2022, he got five in 11. And that's with a disastrous World Cup, really. I mean, yeah, Wales just didn't really look like scoring. So to, to even get that sort of ratio in your, in your final year of international football is, is pretty good going. So, mm. yeah, I think I, there's a lot of talk about him being maybe the greatest British player. I don't, I don't quite think he's up there. Um, as the not, greatest British player, but certain, <laughs> certainly for Wales, I think, yeah, uh, that is, it's, yeah, I think it's pretty clear that he's um, head and shoulders above everybody else. But yeah, it's uh, it's a shame he has retired so soon. But obviously, I guess he's had a few injuries down the line, and maybe they catch up with you at some point. We haven't seen the best of him for a good two years or so now. So um, right. yeah, maybe he just thought it's time to give his um, injuries a bit of a rest. He does like golf, and obviously he's been living out in LA, so uh, he'll have the good weather for it as well. I was about to say, he's, he's, he's retired in, in, the right, in the right place, really, hasn't he? To he has, fair. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's entirely up to him what he does, but I just felt like he might have had a couple more years, but again... We, he's um, earned his money, hasn't he? I mean, yeah, he was on yeah. 300 grand a week at Madrid. He's... he's he'll be set up for life and his whole family will. He he didn't need to go out to Qatar or Saudi Arabia, I suppose. But, yeah, he's been a good player down the years. Yeah. Um, Right, well, we'll talk about a few of the... I mean, this is going to be pretty much Chelsea, really. (laughs) You've been very busy. (laughs) Very hot on Chelsea stuff at the moment. Um, So... Obviously, well, yeah, there's no denying it. The Chelsea's for more than most um, this transfer window. Um, what do you make of the business so far? What do you, Mudrick is obviously the latest well, one. Well, we'll, go, we'll quickly go through them, OK? So, obviously, Mudrick has been completely stolen 
from Arsenal. I mean, <laughs> I bet that makes you happy. I mean, it it does make it a little bit sweeter. I mean, they have paid a lot of money for a player that hasn't really played a huge amount of games, but I mean, they're saying he's a future Ballon d'Or winner. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And um, I I did see that that the Shakhtar chairman is given like twenty five million of the. Yeah, the transfer to, to, the war. to help the, the war. So I mean, um, you know, Chelsea getting caught up in bloody war again. Yeah. <laughs> first it was the, <laughs> first it, it, we had an owner that was that they thought was piling money for Russia, and now we're buying players, and the money's now going to help one of the one of the the people involved in it. So yeah, whatever. I you mean, I, I don't. I can't really say much about him because I don't. I honestly don't know that much. Uh, so, no, again, he's, he's, he's not. I'm just sort of having a look at him now. So he's he's had a couple of loan spells away from Shakhtar. Played a bit for Shakhtar last season. Obviously, their season has, has been stopped because there's a war. Fair enough. Um, and then this season, obviously, they've um, they've got it back together again somehow. Uh, and he's got seven in twelve in the league. 10 goals in all competitions he did look lively the the few times that I've seen him he's quick um, and he has sort of impressed every every game that I've seen him in which is it is only a small handful um, I've seen him a couple of times for Shakhtar and I saw him for Ukraine, I think he played in the World Cup I'm sure he played in the World Cup but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he fits you've just obviously got a lot of wingers and Never. He's on an he's on an eight and a half year contract. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they've they've pinned him down, haven't they? With that yeah, deal. but I mean, he's, he's going to be in his thirties by the time that contract ends. Yeah, he would have scored over five hundred goals for us. Of him. course, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, he looks like he's ready to go. I mean, it's a first for me for them to unveil a player um, at halftime. Yeah, uh, I don't need that. Literally, just um, you know, they 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 obviously signed him, and then they released like a few images of him before halftime, and then at halftime it was announced that he'd signed for the club in front of you know everyone. I mean, if that's not rubbing Arsenal's faces, then I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would have only been worse for Arsenal fans if we were actually playing Arsenal at that point. Yeah. And they were all expecting him to come out in an Arsenal jersey and he comes out in a in a blue one. So, I mean, they did the same with William. I don't know if you remember, um, but he was literally on the plane to come over to sign for Tottenham and he got on yes. his country. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Went to the wrong stadium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Got, Landed in uh, landed in England, was on his way to Tottenham, and then was his agent basically got a call saying, "Hey, uh, Chelsea are in, you know are, are interested." Um, the team it was at the time they accepted the bid. Um, I think that might have been Shakhtar actually. I think it was, think yeah, actually. And then yeah, and then he he joined us. So, yeah. Um, Bad Badashiel, Badashili. Yeah, I don't know how you pronounce the name. Did a good game yesterday. Um, yeah, he's a beast on Football Manager. That's all I know. Yeah, I mean, he was helped along a lot yesterday. Um, Silver, so he looks good. Look, I was quite impressed with him. Um, for Fana, again, I mean, I think, like you said earlier, this is probably more of a Graham Potter sign-in. Um, I mean, he's not the first Ivorian um, striker we've signed. I mean, we've had Didier Drogba and Solomon Kalou, so you know, as long as we get the uh, the Drogba, just the Kalou, yeah. Uh, football manager fans will know Andre Santos. Yeah, don't really know the deal behind what's going to happen with him because obviously he is, he is, I think, the youngest of everyone that we've signed. Um, so I don't really know what's going to happen because they. They haven't sent him back out on loan, so he is no. still here. But he hasn't featured on the bench yet, whereas all the others have. And uh, Howie Felix, and we all kind of know how that one um, started. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, about, yeah, we won't talk. We won't talk. <laughs> I was going to say, we've we've not mentioned his name, and he's, he is probably he, the most interesting really signing that you've made. The really annoying thing about it was he played so well in that first half against Fulham. 
like it was the first time in months where I had actually looked good going forward. Every every time he touched the ball, it looks it looked like it was he was going to make something happen. Whether he was passing it, whether he was running with it, he looked confident, and then he looked overconfident when he yeah. decided to uh, slide in um, with his foot high. Yeah, no complaints for <laughs> that one. No, no, um, and I mean, I think I saw. So that was last Thursday. So with the way that the games are working, he actually won't play for Chelsea now for another 30 days. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. But I was happy. But the thing is, he's only going to be there on loan for six months because yes. he's just signed a deal with Atletico Madrid. Now, whether that deal was done to secure a higher um, minimum release clause, um, I don't yes. know. But, Could yeah, be. No. Right. Well, let's, let's go away from... Chelsea right now. Let's talk Villa. Yes. Uh, signed uh, Moreno, Alex yes. Moreno. But then I've heard you've also signed someone else. We have. So we signed America? John Duran. Yeah. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it, as in like Duran Duran. Um, so we signed him, 19 years old. Um, he plays at the minute for Chicago Fire. I think he's gone back yeah. out on loan. Uh, or or either that, or we can't actually sign him fully until the end of the season. He's young. Um, he He's is young. young. Yeah, he is young. So um, I think he uh, sort of similar to um, the Chelsea strategy, um, signing a bit of a younger player uh, and hoping that he turns into the next Radamel Falcao. But he has got appearances for Colombia already. He's made three appearances yeah. for the senior team. Uh, this season he's got eight goals in the MLS. Which for uh, I think he's nineteen, um, it's not not too bad really. And uh, the last Colombian striker we signed worked quite well, so uh, we're hoping he's the next Juan Pablo Angel. I'll, I'll settle for that. Yes, yeah, we 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 do like a bit of nostalgia. Um, but yeah, I th- I think that's that's a good sign in. I I think I I haven't actually seen a fee yet. I don't think we would have overspent for him because I don't think um, Emery's that type of manager. Um, no. But yeah, so we brought him in and uh, we got Moreno as well. He played his first game. He was actually on the bench uh, to begin with against Leeds. Yeah. And then Luca Dina got injured, I think, quite early on. So Moreno came on and actually Definitely. played a brilliant game. Um, cleared Definitely one off the line for us. Is, eh? Definitely an Emery yeah. sign in that. Um, yeah, he, um, he, he, he stopped a Leeds chance where they took, took it around the keeper open goal and he got back and blocked it but he also looked quite threatening going forward which we don't tend to have from our wing backs which is um, strange really considering we've got Dina and, and Cash we don't tend to get our full backs sort of in behind and to the byline very often they tend to cut inside a little bit so um, it was good to see him going forward and he did have a chance to be fair um, in the second half uh, quite a good chance he just um, just sort of skewed it a little bit wide but it's very promising, I think, so far for such a, a new player to come in and, and fit in as well as he did. I think against Leeds, um, yeah, we're all we're all quite positive around Villa at the moment. Yeah. A few wins in a, in a row, and Emery's had a good start. You know, we've beaten United and Spurs since he's come in, and obviously we always like to get one over on Leeds, which is always good. Um, and yeah, he got a win against Brighton as well, uh, which is looking sort of better and better as the season goes on. So long may it continue, I think, on our part. Um, some honourable mentions. Cody Gakpo. Yes. yes. I was really excited by him going to Liverpool. Yeah. Um, he's, a, again, a player I know quite well from Football Manager, but I've seen quite a lot of him uh, for Holland and, and in the Dutch League. Looks a really exciting talent. I don't think yeah. I've seen anywhere near the best of him yet. But I, I do think he'll come good. He'll be their sort of next generation. You know, Salah and that are all in their thirties. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good good move for him, and I think it'll be a good move for Liverpool in the end. And the biggest transfer um, by far, um, the biggest name, uh, Romeo Beckham. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, I see. He signed for Brentford Reserves, didn't he? I saw him playing the yes. other day. Yes, um, he did. I mean. And, 
His name, his name will bring in money. Um, and uh, that may or may not be mentioned in a certain quiz in the second half of this podcast. Sure. So sure. let's on. just pretend uh, that didn't happen. Um, Leeds signing Jorginho Rutter from Hoffenheim, thirty-five and a half mil. Seems like a lot of money, but. I'm a Chelsea fan, so I really, really can't be saying anything about how much other teams spend them. It's just very hypocritical on me. And Brentford have signed another player called Kevin Shade. I don't know if you've seen any of him, but um, no. from Freiburg on loan. No, he, lo- he looks good. Um, he's also one to look up for on Football Manager. I mean, most of our transfers, uh, we go by Football Manager. We do. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. lie. Um, yeah, but there's not been that much, to be fair. Wolves have signed that Mario Lamina, didn't they? For yeah. Years. And Wolves they've signed like, Kuna as well. They've had a good transfer window, I think, Wolves so far. Mm-hmm. is a good signing on loan. And um, Lamina has obviously got a bit of Premier League experience. Didn't really do it with Southampton, but somehow managed to get a bigger move. Um, mm. But, I, yeah, I think he'll come good in the end. But... Um, yeah, it has been quiet, but there's been so many rumours. So I'm hoping yeah, that there's perfect. some movement in the next couple of weeks, really. I, I, what I will say so far is the teams that I think need to strengthen haven't yet. Um, Chelsea aside, obviously. But um, I'm looking at Everton, Southampton, uh, Leicester as well. Nothing really. Um, Nottingham Forest has signed a guy from Palmeiras, but I don't know who that is. Gustavo Scarpa. Um they're doing no, they haven't been doing too bad though for us, have they? I mean, no, they've been doing all right. They've been doing bad okay. Started, but doing. I just, I, I worry a bit for Southampton. I know they won at the weekend, but I don't think signing Mislav Orsic and Alcaraz is going to be the answer to Orsic, their problem. Orsic is one of those players that I feel like he's been around forever. <laughs> yeah. And I just think to myself, no one's bought him from Zagreb yeah. for about 20 years, so I don't see why by him actually makes any difference but hey yeah what I wanted to know but yeah right that is it for part one uh, we'll be back in part two um, with some of our usual features Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's episode and we're going to go into some wonders of white. Now, I probably should do about eight weeks worth of wonders of white, but I'm going to be here forever. <laughs> it's been a backlog. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, right, we'll start with Chelsea. Um, so, uh, since the start of last season, only Harry Kane has scored more headed goals in the Premier League than Kai Havertz. There you go, never knew he was so good in the air. There you go. Uh, Harry Kane has 11 headed goals since the start of last season, and Havertz has six. I mean, there's a huge gap. Yeah, that is a gap. Uh, Yeah. It just goes to show the good old-fashioned centre-forward, that Alan Shearer type is out of fashion, and I'm not happy about it. We need more headed goals. Speaking of Alan Shearer, uh, Newcastle have kept more clean sheets and conceded fewer goals than any other side in the Premier League this season. They are, eleven clean sheets, eleven goals conceded. They are, yeah. I'm, I'm looking annoying, at them now for Champions League. Yeah, it is annoying. Just the last thing we needed was was them to get to the top so soon. I mean, it took Man City had the decency to wait for about four or five years, but yeah, buy the league and the right next one. Um, another Chelsea one. Chelsea have won their last eleven Premier League games against Crystal Palace. Um, in their history, they've only ever beaten one more consecutively, and that's West Brom. They've beaten them 12 times in a row. Everyone beats West Brom, so that's fine. Um, yeah. I wish we played West Brom and Crystal Palace every week. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this one. Arsenal have won 47 points from 18 Premier League games this season, and that is the most points they've ever won at this stage in a campaign. Wow. Even more than the invincible season. Even more than the season they didn't lose. That is impressive, isn't it? They are. Yeah. yeah. They're going to be hard to beat, I think. Um, and I'm currently staring at a picture of Nikola hugging Saka for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Random. 
yeah. take your eyes away from it. Yeah. Right. Uh, you've got a quiz. I have got a quiz. Yes, it's a January transfer quiz. Yes. As you definitely, may have guessed, definitely nothing about Romeo Beckham. Here. No, no, okay. that's definitely not coming up in question three. No. Right, okay. um, so yeah, just um, questions about the January transfer window. Nice and simple because yeah. we're in the middle of it, right? We all yeah, done. Yeah. We're ready. Yeah. Yep. Question number one: Which year was the transfer window introduced? Great question. I mean, when did Chelsea get taken over? Uh, well, I've got some options for you to make it a little bit easier. I don't remember anything before that. No. I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to ruin the options. So I've, I've got an A, B, C, Go and D then. for you. Ooh. So you've got A, 1999, B, 2001, C, 2003, or D, 2005. Great option. Uh, and they're so close together. Yeah, take your pick. Makes a face. A B. You gone for B, two thousand and one. Yeah. It's two thousand and three. You were close. I was going to be close. Yeah, so that would have been as you were being taken over, I think, wasn't it? Two thousand and three. It was the season before. Close, so, close enough. Yeah. Okay, question number two: Which current Everton player signed for sixty thousand pounds from Sligo Rovers in January two thousand and nine? James Coleman. Correct. That's got to be one of the bargains of the century, that, isn't it? £60,000. And he's played now for, what, 14 years? 14 years, this will be. Saying as for Laquetta signed for Chelsea for 12 million, he's on 500 games for us now. Yeah, but you paid a bit more than 60 grand for him. Yeah, but in Chelsea money. In Chelsea million, money. 12 yeah. million and 60,000 is pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You're fair enough. Um, question number three Romeo uh, Beckham. Correct. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> question, yeah, question number three. Which sort of a for, former Premier League legend has joined Brentford on loan this month? Correct. It is Romeo Becker. Yeah, it's like I've, um, seen, I've seen the answer. I know. It's like you've been cheating. Um, question number four. Who was Arsene Wenger's last signing for Arsenal in January yeah, 2018? 20, uh, 21, sorry. 2018. Uh, uh, it's probably not Sylvain Wiltord. No, uh, it's a little bit after. 2018. Oh, that's a good question. That's a great. Uh, Hector Bellerin. No idea. Incorrect. No, it's Pierre, it's Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. That was his last signing for Arsenal. He left them with Aubameyang. Um, signing that was. Not yeah, not bad, bad. really for them, was it? Bad. Well, to begin with. Um, Question number five. I was lost where I was for a minute there. Yeah, so you've got two so far, two out of four. So question number five. In January 2007, Fulham signed a player who went on to be the highest scoring American in Premier League history. Who was that player? Dempsey. Correct, it was. Clint Dempsey, yeah. Not Brian. And what good player he was. Not Brian McBride. He actually over. I, I researched it. He overtook Brian McBride's record of being the highest American goal scorer in the Premier League. Um, question number six. No, it didn't. <laughs> A couple of games and he was there. Um, question number six. You got two points up for grabs here because there's two answers. Okay. Uh, in January 2011, which two forwards did Liverpool sign to replace Fernando Torres? Andy Carroll. Correct, one point. Um, and, oh, that's a great question. Andy Carroll. I mean, I'm happy with one point, to be fair. Um, You'll kick yourself. I'm not, I'm not going to go. It's impossible to kick myself. Um, I am going to kick myself here, aren't I? It's the, it, I bet it's the more obvious one as well. Mm. Probably. Uh, They're both, yeah, for different reasons. Uh, no, it's gone. I'll, gi- I'll give you one point. So Andy Carroll was right, and it was Luis Suarez. Of course it no, was. Never heard of him. <laughs> never heard of him. No, I don't know who that guy is. Um, so you are on, yeah, four points so far. So question number seven. In January... 2009, Real Madrid paid £20 million for Lasana Diara from which English club? Um, 
Oh, no, he played for Chelsea for a very short space of time. He did. But I don't think he came from Chelsea. I'm going to say Portsmouth. Correct, it was indeed Portsmouth. 20 million quid, where did that money go? Um, Down the drain. That's where it <laughs> went. literally just disappeared, didn't it? Um, question number eight. Lee Bowyer was the first permanent January transfer window signing in 2003 when he moved from Leeds to which London club? Oh, I actually don't know this. It was quite tricky, so I thought I'd narrow it down geographically and say London Club. So yeah, that, that uh, is your clue. Where did he sign from, sorry? Leeds. Leeds. It seems highly unlikely to go to like a... Problem is there's a few... I'm, I'm torn between Charlton and West Ham. I am going to say... Oh, this is difficult. Charlton. Oh, he's gone for the wrong one. Uh-oh. <laughs> it was it was West Ham. Um, he did play for Charlton, I think, but that was early in his career. So that yeah. was in. So the... He went back to manage them. I was just thinking. Yeah, uh, he did. All right, no. I, I no. can. I can. I narrowed it down. So. Yeah, you were cl- I mean, West Ham was your other option. So yeah. fair play. It, it was it was West Ham. He actually played two times. For West Ham. Um, question number nine: Who currently holds the record for the largest January transfer fee, moving for 142 million in January 2018? Jesus Christ! Neymar? No, it is Philip Coutinho when he moved to Barcelona from Liverpool. <laughs> 142 oh. million. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> okay I, then I can tell you're a little bit rusty so you're on one, two, three four, four five points so oh, far. I, 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 um, I've got one left I? so one less to, okay. to beat um, to beat half so Manchester United have signed which England international goalkeeper on loan this transfer window Jack Butland correct, well done six out of ten I know there was a uh, couple of double points seven in there. Almost seven with West Ham. Let's say six. Almost, almost seven. There yeah, go. six and a half. Right. Yeah, well done. I mean, not bad. Right, so uh, who am I? Okay. Um, so we are going to go back to 1980. That's, that's a long time before I was so, born, Chris. Uh, this this was professional debut, 1980. God, okay. And the list of teams are. Oh my word! Why did I choose this one? Cremonese, Criminese. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. They're Italian. Uh, okay. Thanks, you... thanks for that. I, they, they sounded like a pasta sauce, so I, I'm assuming. That's probably Move offensive. To say, Sampdoria. Okay. Move to Juventus. I know them, yeah. And then yeah. move to Chelsea. Who am I? It's, it's, it's got it's to be um, the man that we sadly lost a couple of weeks ago, isn't it? It's got to be Gianluca Vialli. Yeah. He's yeah. the only player I know that's gone from Juventus to Chelsea around that time. Yeah. Joined yeah, Chelsea in 1996. Um, and then was a player for free. He was player manager for a year, and then um, yeah, and then did full time managing for us. And he was the he was the Chelsea manager for the first game that I ever saw Chelsea play at Stamford Bridge. There you go. Yeah, he was also the the manager for the first game that I ever saw Chelsea play, but that was at Wembley, and it didn't go well for me. So got well for him though. It went well for him. He did win. Yeah. Well, he won. He won it, and then um, yeah, and then he was he was sacked not too long after that. He was. Yeah. He was actually sacked when I was I was on holiday in France. So just random. He played fifty nine. Played fifty nine times for Italy. 
Yeah, he should have played more. He fell out, didn't he, with the manager or something? Well, for a long time. Soon as he, well, basically moved to Juventus, and then that's when he stopped playing for Italy. Stopped getting picked. All his cap, all his caps came from when he was um, at Sampdoria. Clearly, the manager was an intimate. He's like a, he's like a, he's like a, I know he's like a club legend at Chelsea, but Sampdoria, he's, he's idolised at that place. I mean, he scored yeah. eighty-five goals in two hundred games. So, um, he was, he was a good player. Yeah, he was sad, isn't it? Quality, yeah, um, it was sad to hear the other week. Yeah, because um, he was he was the Italian assistant. Um, he was the assistant manager. Um, so yeah, yeah, very very shame. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you saw all the tributes that Chelsea did. Yes, yesterday they had two massive flags go over, and then they had some of the ex players that played with them come on the pitch at the start. Um, they did look a commemorative um, match day program as well. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that is it for this week. Uh, first one back, like we said, for about eight, nine weeks. Um, and yeah, anything else? Nothing from me. So we'll be back next week.